0: The 10-Minute Writers' Workshop is supported by Heinemann, a provider of resources written by real teachers for real classrooms. Heinemann values teachers as decision-makers and students as curious learners. Discover the path to lifelong professional learning at Heinemann.com. Heinemann, dedicated to teachers. Your name, your occupation, and what you had for breakfast.
1: (laughs) Um, Cynthia Ozick occupation writer, breakfast, a bagel and melted cheese, and my secret vice, three peanut butter Snickers. I'm
0: Virginia Prescott with the 10-Minute Writers Workshop. The novelist, short story writer, and essayist Cynthia Ozick's best-known piece of writing is called The Shawl, a brutal, phantasmic story of a woman and two children marching to a Nazi concentration camp. The Holocaust and Jewish identity are recurring topics in Ozick's fiction and criticism. Growing up in the Bronx, she was called Christ Killer and humiliated for not singing Christmas carols at school. Now, 88, she's out with her seventh volume of criticism called Critics, Monsters, Fanatics, and Other Literary Essays. Cynthia Ozick's last public reading was six years ago. Happily, we got her on the phone from her home in Westchester County, New York. This is
1: the 10-minute writer's workshop with Cynthia Ozick. Which do you think is harder to write? Is it the first sentence or the last? Certainly the first sentence. The first sentence is the key to everything, and the last sentence is a gift from the gods. Hmm. Do you edit as you go along, or do you wait until the end? Never wait until the end. I compare it to uh, mopping a kitchen floor. You don't uh, start at the farthest corner. You do it little by little. Uh, You follow your feet. And that's how I write. I won't let go of the previous sentence to start the next sentence until the previous sentence is as good as I can make it. And that also governs the cadence concerning the juxtaposition of the two sentences, the prior and the following
0: Yeah, so you're not walking with your dry feet over a wet floor. Right. Personal habits that you would encourage writers, new writers especially, to take up or to avoid in order to be more productive?
1: Well, I think the key word is persistence because a beginning writer is always in a state of discouragement, waiting and waiting for the first acceptance. And it's very, very difficult and Uh, heartbreakingly discouraging, and it really requires courage, and courage in order to be effective requires persistence. How about you? What is
0: your personal worst distraction from getting work done?
1: Life. Simple as that? (laughs) Simple as that. It's life that
0: interrupts. What do you think is the most common mistake that new writers
1: make? I think the most common mistake really are two mistakes. Uh, one is faint-heartedness, not persisting, and the other is hubris, which leads to opportunism and envy, and all these other vices that accompany early disappointment. So it's two things. it's two mistakes and and they are in opposition to each other arrogance versus being too scared being too diffident
0: now you've been publishing if i have it right for 50 years now this year
1: mm-hmm. how did you combat any of those two uh mistakes in your life i don't think i had the hubris um i certainly had the Envy, which eats you and um, sickens your soul. I certainly had that. Well, others of my generation were flourishing and beginning to publish and um, belonging to what Esquire at that time called the Red Hot Center, which I understand is now Brooklyn, but was then the center the two central pages of Esquire where they had a big spread and all the names of current young writers who had become celebrities. And there I was you know, in my childhood room with a yellow wallpaper writing in
0: isolation. Outside of that room with the yellow wallpaper, what is the best environment for your writing now?
1: Well, it's really the same. Uh, it's as Virginia Woolf famously said, "A room of your own and the silence of the night. And the big problem is, as I said earlier, life, which interrupts with with its unexpectedness, its exigencies, its moral demands apart from writing, which at times seems um, uh, trivial compared to other demands and other observations. But it's still that Silence of the Night and the Quiet Room. Any
0: recommendations for tools, maybe books, maybe something to help young writers work their way through those fearful, discouraging moments?
1: Well, I have spoken to different writers who are very well established and are now teaching writing, and they all have given me the same rather astonishing report that the aspiring writers... Poets or nonfiction writers, fiction writers, whatever they aspirate, whatever form the aspiration uh, takes, are all very interested in writing, but they're not interested in reading. And mm-hmm. they haven't read enough. And so in order to be a writer, the essential thing is to have read, and if you haven't read so far to catch up like mad and read, 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 read and read. Not so much your contemporaries, which is part of the competitive nature of young writers, but what we rightly call the classics. I mean, have you read Anna Karenina? Have you read Flaubert? Have you read Henry James and Tolstoy and Chekhov and so on and so on and so on? But you have to have read. You cannot be a writer without having first been a reader.
0: How about when you were beginning how many times were you rejected before being published?
1: Many times. I mean, so long ago that I I can't I can't give you a number obviously, but many times. And I remember being particularly hurt by a writer named George Garrett uh who said in his note of rejection, you have not found your voice yet and i felt that that was one of the deepest wounds i've ever had because i believed and i said earlier i didn't have hubris but i did have some kind of secret confidence i guess and i and i knew it seemed to me i knew i i had that voice i didn't it was as if as it was as if i was being told you're juvenile, you're not ready yet. And of course, by then, you know, I was 30.
0: (laughs) Well, I've always wondered how you got that sort of courage to stand up to the mostly male titans of writing of your age. Um, Norman Mailer, famously, who you helped take on with another group of feminists. Where did that come from?
1: Oh, sense of humor, I suppose. Uh, Yeah, I remember um, Theodore... Ted, he, as he was known, Salah who was an editor and an established uh, critic, saying to me, as a compliment, he said, I used to think you were a lady writer. Hmm. Can you imagine that phrase? I'm, I'm sure it hasn't <laughs> been used in 100 years. Yeah, that was the attitude.
0: Well, you talked about suggesting writing for new young writers. How about for you? What was the best advice you ever got about writing?
1: I never got advice, per se, but words were speaking to me from the books I was reading. I don't think advice to young writers is really pertinent. It's not like somebody teaching a new shoemaker how to cut leather. It's simply by the example of what's in your head, because writing is made up of ideas and feelings, intellect and imagination, and they weave in and out of the other, and they can only be found in prior writing, in in the legacy of literature that comes to us from all the literatures.
0: Do you have any other dream job that you've been considering, you know, if you weren't a writer or fantasize about?
1: Well, i I always did want to try my hand at a play, and I did do a play, and I was enormously fortunate to have Sidney Lumet as director and Diane Wiest and Mercedes Rule and some others as uh, performers, but it did take seven years where I could have written many other things, and it struck me as ephemeral. Playwriting, which is collaborative, is not as satisfactory as the theater in your head where you're the director, you, <laughs> you decide on the costumings, the music, the staging. You're Sidney Lumet, plus you've got the script that you wrote yourself.
0: Why does it not surprise me that you wanted to do it all? <laughs> well, Cynthia Ozick, thank you very much. A pleasure speaking with you.
1: Thank you so much. I I really was surprised by this attention from New Hampshire, and I'm thrilled by it. Thank you so much.
0: Novelist, essayist, and short story writer Cynthia Ozick, whose career has now outlasted many of the 20th century writers she once envied. Her 18th book, Critics, Monsters, Fanatics, and Other Literary Essays, is now out. And if you'd like to see Cynthia Ozick give Norman Mailer what for, which we do recommend, there's a clip from the 1979 documentary Town Bloody Hall posted at nhpr.org slash 10mww. The 10-Minute Writers Workshop is a production of NHPR, produced by Sarah Plord with help from Maureen McMurray. And you can hear tips from the likes of Tom Parada, Stacey Schiff, Richard Russo, and dozens of other writers when you subscribe on Google Play or iTunes. And please leave us a review, which helps us persist. And thanks. Our credit music this week, which you're listening to right now, is by Poddington Bear.